With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. The Cleveland Cavaliers are going to the NBA Finals for the fourth consecutive season after a grinded-out win against the Boston Celtics. Uh, LeBron James played 48 minutes in his 15th season in the NBA. Carter, how hyped are you? I'm so hyped, man. It's so exciting. It's so nice to, like, that this is never, that this will never get old, man. It never will. Like, I was just, wa- I watched it at my brother's place. He had, like, a party for Memorial Day. And I was just, like, just giddy walking to the car, you know? Like, it's never not going to be cool to go to the NBA Finals. And if you ever get to that point, I think you should find a new hobby. Because it's so exciting. It's so fun. This season was so tough. And, um, you know, we can look at how we feel about the finals. I'm not ready to look forward just yet. I'm ready just to kind of reflect in the moment. Um, Four straight NBA finals is so cool. And um, fan bases wish they could be this lucky. Yep. 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 Um, Man, like I, I was really worried coming into this game and not only just because of the position that the Cavs were in without Kevin Love and, and just how fatigued that they were, but also just for how those tweets were going to come back and bite me if this didn't happen. And uh, the the sense of relief is just overwhelming. Um, just just a fantastic game. Um, it, I'm I mean it was an ugly as hell game, but uh, just seeing the guy step up, like having LeBron play the game that you'd expect from him. But outside of that, J.R. Smith really struggling early on dug deep, hit some big shots, came up with a big defensive play towards the end. Jeff Green just playing fantastic. Game 7 Jeff Green, 42 minutes. If someone told you that Jeff Green on his minimum contract was going to play 42 minutes in a Game 7 to go to the NBA Finals before the season, what would you have said? I'm so surprised. I think Jeff Green is who you want to start this this podcast talking about because – you know, it's so funny because, and we've talked about this multiple times, you know, people like Matt Moore have, like, joked that, like, we hate Jeff Green or something like that. And what I would love to remind people of is that we were the ones that you guys were clowning for being too high on Jeff Green early in the season. And 
what we loved about Jeff Green early in the season, Justin, if you'll recall, was he finished at the rim at a high level. He got to the line. Um, he attacked well in transition. And he did okay in individual one-on-one defensive challenges. Yep. And when we were most frustrated with him, it's when he was freelancing the most. You know, it was this, you know, just just spot-up three-point shooting, 19-footers. He kind of lost himself midway through the season and even in stretches during these playoffs. But when he plays the way we want him to play, he's useful and helpful. And while nine three-pointers are never what you really want from him. No, not in a perfect world. Uh, I also think in a lot of ways they just had to take them because that that's what they were uh, that's what they had available to them um in this game uh and they had no spacing they had no real I mean with love out they just didn't have a lot of options and they just needed someone willing to take those shots and green was 5 of 5 on two two point field goals that matters eight eight defensive rebounds for a guy who uh, seemed magnetically opposed to catching the ball. Yeah. That matters. Yep. Um, and, coast and to coast, Jeff have... Green was very, very welcomed. Uh, like he yes. made a lot of plays in transition that I thought were big. Um, and I think you're right. Like offensively, if you don't have guys taking open shots when they're available, it bogs down the offense. And the offense was bogged down enough to to begin with. Um, if he's not taking those shots, it will prevent other guys from getting open later on and. I, I definitely think that he played a, just an outstanding game. Uh, they they really needed him to step up. And the, the other guy that really stepped up in a big way, at least in my opinion, was Tristan Thompson. Like, I, I think Tristan had a really great game. I think he had a great playoffs. Um, like yeah, he's, he's... <laughs> I like that you choose that in the past tense. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I thought he was really, really good tonight. And not in the ways that, like, Tristan's normally good, where we leave thing. Oh, that guy created like six extra offensive possessions uh, and was a defensive terror. Really, I thought he was just solid and steady for the Cavs in this game. And they needed steady. Um, And and watched him more. It's funny because he only had one offensive rebounds, but there were possessions where he either forced like Boston to tip it out of bounds and the Cavs got possession again or he drew a foul there. Um, so he did create those extra possessions uh, that were. Yeah, I'm really not helpful. saying he wasn't. Yeah, I'm not. No, saying he no, wasn't I, I know what you're saying. That. That. I'm just. Adding he was just it. steady, and like you know what, in a game that was as 2005 basketball as this game was, yeah, or 2004, like in a game of this style, you just need your role players to be solid, and the Cavs' role players were. You know, you can you. JR was not phenomenal. He was three of eight, but he hit three threes, hit three free throws. Um, Tristan, you know, 10, 10 and nine, nothing crazy. Green was really the only outlier performance. Um, and you look over at the Celtics and Baines, zero made shots. Rogier, two of 14. Jalen Brown, five of 18. Marcus Morris, five of 14. Marcus Smart, one of 10. Um, Terry Rozier was, really was awful. Terry Rozier from three. was a Yeesh. nightmare for Boston. And mostly terrible three-point attempts for him, by the way. He just played himself into a $20 million per year offer from the Sacramento Kings. I laughed at that, but then I coughed, so I had to mute. So that's on me. Oh, nice. Uh, nice. 
Thank, thanks it for that, It was a Carter. good joke. I just want to note it was a good joke. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just, I think, like, this was just the ultimate, like, just go figure it out and win game. It didn't have to be pretty. It didn't have to be nice. They didn't have to post a good offensive rating. It's just not the point. The point is when, and the Cavs did that, and I think you have to be really proud of this team for figuring it out. And, you know, I think there have been times where LeBron has drug teams to the finals where I think the impulse is to say is to not give his teammates enough credit for doing what they do mm-hmm. in the past. I do not think that was this was one of those series. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because, I mean, one of the questions, Doris Burke asked this to LeBron and Ty Lue if this was their most impressive accomplishment together, and I'm like, they did beat a 73-win team in the NBA Finals. He has won three championships. So I think I'm going to put those above uh, getting to the NBA Finals here. But if you're comparing it to, like, 2007, I think this is a more talented team than 2007. But that team at least had an identity. Like, they knew what they were doing. They were a great defensive team, and they could they could hang around with teams and and lock them down, and then LeBron would be able to kind of steal it at the end. Um, this team, everything that they've been through, like it's, it's just been a mess of a season. Even this postseason's been weird. I mean, they're in a just a tight, tight series against Indiana that goes down to the wire. Then they play the number one seed, sweep them, and then they have another tight seven game series against Boston. Like nothing's made sense. And I, I think this is one of LeBron's more impressive accomplishments. But I don't know if I'm going to rush to put it over the three championships. No, I don't. I don't think that's reasonable. But I am just so damn impressed by him. Forty-eight minutes, man. Like, in like, you know, that it was funny uh, early on. I think it was in the first quarter. He just didn't uh, contest a Jalen Brown three. No, like they set a pin down, and he didn't bother to fight through it. And just stood there in the paint and Jalen canned it. And I, I tweeted something like, LeBron just can't quit on that play. He just can't. Yeah. And it was funny. A lot of people tweeted at me kind of like insinuating I was like ungrateful or like I'm asking too much of him. And I want to be clear. What I meant was they can't win if he does stuff like that. <laughs> Like they, their margin for error could not allow that. You know, I I, I just want to give a shout this. out. I want to cut you off and yeah, give ahead. a shout out to Mort because his tweet is pretty fantastic. He just tweeted out a poll. You're the GM of an expansion team. You can pick any player or coach. Would you pick any player losing game seven at home as a favorite? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that tweet's not going to age well, is it? No, uh, probably you not. know, and. Gosh, and I'll tell you what, man. Like, I respect the hell out of the Celtics team for the way they've battled, but also they feature a lot of guys I do not like watching play basketball. Yeah. <laughs> like, like going home knowing that Marcus Morris is having a tough night, oh, that is just – that's good to know. Because that guy was so – such an antagonist in this series, screamed in multiple players' faces – was just an all-around asshole. Marcus Smart with just an outrageous flop uh, on that LeBron fake elbow that he drew the offensive foul on. Uh, like, these guys are just... It's fun to watch those guys lose. Yeah. Um, it's funny because Boston's 
different than a lot of other teams. Like a lot of teams that I dislike, I dislike like the star players and their best oh, players. Yeah. Boston, it's almost exclusively the role guys. Like I actually, yeah, like, Jason like Tatum's incredible. Tatum. Brown's incredible. Horford, I don't like. Horford does. I don't really have a huge problem with. Like I, I'll, I'll get some jokes off about all Horford, but it's not like. He has a lot of plays that have really frustrated me in the past or anything like that. Um, sorry, my, my dog is just absolutely tearing the door apart trying to get in here. Cla- classic Justin's dog. I will say this, man. Jason Tatum is already complaining to the referees like a 12-year pro. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's getting pretty good at that. That, that. that that kid is throwing his fists after every call. <laughs> and it's like, Man, they're really, they're really let. And I'll say this: I'm glad, even though I'm making a joke at Tatum's expense, I'm glad that the refs didn't tee anyone up for those kind of reactions in this series, because it was too physical of a series to get after a guy for expressing frustration over being called for something. You know, when when guys are being mugged every other possession on both sides of the ball, you do just have to let that go. To some extent, like, right. you have to let them be frustrated. And, and it was funny because, like, Boston was so physical in that game. And, like, I thought for, like, every reach and foul Tatum got, he could have been called for, like, seven or eight more. Like, he, he was really, really being aggressive in this game. And, um, 100%. I, he earned his foul out, man. Yeah, absolutely. I, it was a frustrating game from an officiating perspective. Like even that George Hill, which I mean, he earned uh, he earned his money on that reverse layup there. Uh, but like that oh, should yeah. have been an and one. Uh, yeah, it was a it weird. Was. It was a weird non call. Um, but you know, ultimately, I did think it was not a poorly officiated game. Just and and but I think there was a stretch, and I don't know if you're if you felt this too, where especially I think it was the third, early fourth. Where they just said, "We're not gonna let this game get as out of hand as Game Six got physically." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're not, we're not people aren't we're not letting people mug each other. We're calling a few touch fouls just to like reset the order because yeah. I thought Game Six was damn near dangerous with the amount of contact that they were letting happen on both ends of the ball. It was just a straight I, I would, for stretches. I would definitely agree with that. Um, so I do think there was a stretch where they were just like, nope, we're getting this game under control a little bit. Um, so they started calling some weird touch fouls that I think engendered some pretty big reactions. Um, you know, Justin, I, I really don't think you could have convinced me that the Cavs were going to win this game if George Hill didn't play well on offense. Um, and he didn't, he wasn't particularly aggressive. I think his shot attempts are one of the better barometers for him and two of six is not what you want to see. But I do think he did just enough, and he really was a really good on defense in this game. Yeah, yeah, he, he made um, a big, big difference in, in this game, um, even though he wasn't as aggressive as you would have liked. Um, I, I, I do think he made a, an impact on the defensive end. Um, he didn't turn it over too much, uh, or at least he didn't have any like really ugly unforced turnovers. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, they just kind of needed any calming force that was possible. Like, and, and that, that leak out for that reverse layup was huge. Like, uh, I don't know how consistently the Cavs would have been able to score in the half court at that point. Um, they, they were really starting to show how tired they were and, 
and for him to go out there and get what wasn't really an easy bucket uh, really made a difference. Uh, do you remember, this was like, I think after game two of this series, where I just talked about how the Cavs just didn't have players who made winning plays. Yeah. Yep. The Cavs made winning plays in this game. Um, their numbers were not particularly stellar, but you know what? They did enough. And I think that's, they and they, and they did stuff at opportune times. You know, we talked about in game six and game two, um, or I'm sorry, in game five and game two, where we saw them, you know, ultimately they were in contact the whole time. But when the Celtics gave them opportunities, they couldn't make winning plays to 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 put them over the edge. And I thought that was the difference in this game is uh, when the Cavs gave the Celtics opportunities, they couldn't take them. And when the Celtics gave the Cavs opportunities, they did, you know, uh, when when the Cavs needed a bucket, Tristan ducked in for a quick dunk or green hit one of hit a three or carved uh through the celtics in transition or jr all three of his threes felt so important in this game yeah uh, and and they just made winning plays i i i think that's all it comes down to ultimately is you know in a game that is so ugly that is so choppy where no team is playing well no team is hitting their open shots you just got to make them at the right times uh, and the Cavs did that in this game. And I think if you're a Cavs fan, you got to be really thrilled with this game. Yeah, I mean, my hope was that they could hang around and then towards the end, Boston's youth would start to show a little bit. And I think Boston got away from from their offense. They they took a lot of kind of ill-advised or quick shots uh, or, or forced to drive when a drive wasn't available. And um, I, I don't think that's something that should be held against them. I mean... Uh, Tatum and Brown in particular, they're they're so young, and this is a, a game seven to go to the NBA Finals against LeBron freaking James. Like that's uh, that's a lot of pressure, and I thought that they they both had uh, good performances overall. Brown didn't shoot particularly well, but um, uh, I still think, given the circumstances, like they they're they're just a hell. They're both just incredible players, and, and they're going to be really good and. It'll be interesting to see how Boston decides to, to use them when they're they're fully healthy because it's tough to have guys that are that good that young and have them step up in this way and then ask them to take a smaller role. Yeah, honestly, they'll probably have to just blow up the whole team, Justin. Yeah, you might as well. You, you uh, don't think you know, that they're going to uh, trade Baines and Rozier for Anthony Davis? <laughs> uh, you, that's probably equal value, to be honest. Uh I'll say this, man. When Tatum yammed that dunk on LeBron and then hit the three, I thought the game was over. Yeah. I, that, I, that felt I, so I, important I, in the moment. I, I Honestly, that didn't freak me out as much as the uh, Marcus Smart offensive rebound and put back. Oh, God. That one freaked Yeah, that me out. sucked. That sucked. I was so mad at them for that. Because it was just Tristan and LeBron being tired, so they didn't, like, get after the ball. Yeah, and... I'll say this. I I straight up just don't like Marcus Morris, and I don't think he's a like a particularly I, – I don't like him, ultimately. I think he I, – I don't like watching him play. I don't think he's super effective. Marcus Smart is really pretty good. He's probably the best you can be while being as terrible as he is on offense. <laughs> yeah. You know, like – Smart like I can at least respect. His winning play he... ratio is outrageous. Not to sound like – 
Coach Thor for whatever. <laughs> or Bill Simmons with his uh, Black Panther suit. That was hilarious. Oh. That was that was your uncle being like, so you see that the the, the Black Panther movie? <laughs> None of my uncles oh. would have said that. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, it, like, the Cavs certainly got lucky. Um, Celtics were complete ass from three. Uh, didn't even... Because this was a team that hit some BS threes in this series, and none of their BS threes really landed. No, nor um, did the open ones, which no, was nice. And nor did the Cavs either, to be clear. I mean, the two teams shot, I think, 16 of, let's see, 74, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> That's out. That's so bad. Uh, from three, um, I think just guys' legs were tired. I think the every other day thing really caught up to these guys over time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say this, man. I'm glad the Cavs have Tuesday, Wednesday, and third, or yeah, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday off before Game One of the Finals. Yeah, so yeah, it's going to be Thursday for Game One. Um, I I really don't want to do too much of a look ahead because that no, I, I but I don't let's know keep it positive. But I'm just, I'm just going to say that I'm, I'm just glad they get I'm the rooting for because they are tired. Oh, stunner. Yeah, like I just don't see how, and, unless you're just like a competitive, unless you're competitive to the point that like it affects your life problematically, you should want <laughs> Houston. <laughs> you know, like if you're the kind of guy who ruins game night with your friends by losing their mind over uh, the finer points of Monopoly, yeah, you want the Rockets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's probably a good way to sum it up. Uh, again, we're gonna stick with the positivity. But I'm just going to mention that Larry Nance was a disaster. Um, yeah, he just could not foul. <laughs> like I think you're just going to have a game like this from Nance every once in a while. Well, sometimes but, he he didn't foul, and that's when he was completely out of position, and Horford just got open dunks. Yeah, that travel was tough. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I just like like this was just a game where you just knew if you didn't perform, you just got your ass pulled off the bit. You got. You got benched, you know, like Nance played eight, Clarkson played nine and Corver, who didn't play particularly well, only played 18. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the way it had to be. You know, this is this is what a game seven is. It's it's not one where you just stick to your rotation because uh, you don't have the luxury of letting someone play their themselves into rhythm or finding finding their shots or. I, know, do, I just, do find nope. it uh, interesting that Ty Lue has decided to save jetty for the finals so that there's no yeah tape. i think there's no really there's no tape on the strategic what decision yeah <laughs> it's just going to completely throw them off like it's going to be the same way that uh semi ojale not playing through off the rotation uh game five that's uh that's what's going to happen when jetty plays <laughs> the durant stopper yeah i yeah it's just i was really impressed with how the Cavs just like, I, I think, you know, sometimes people will criticize Lou, including me for sticking with hot hands too long. Um, this was the game where you just stick with who who's working. Um, their energy level be damned, you know, like I, I remember right after game six, someone, I think it was McMenamin or Lloyd who asked Lou about energy level, like, are you concerned or whatever about them expending so much in game six heading into game seven? Lou's like, 
well, you better be able to find it for a game seven. <laughs> and they did. Uh, they really did. Um, they did enough to win. Um, and I think that very much has defined this uh, playoff run. And it's so funny because when the Cavs announced their whatever it takes slogan, we all clowned it because it's like kind of like almost already like negative. <laughs> but that well, spin the playoffs. Did you uh, did you see the exchange between uh, McMenamin and Jeff Green? No, I did not. So McMenamin asked him, "What you see? What did you see from LeBron?" Jeff Green, you can't put that into words, Dave. Okay, but you can try. <laughs> yeah, he was amazing in this game, and not in the way I thought he would. I, like he didn't just barrel his way; like he still played his LeBron game. Uh, I thought if they were going to win, he would have needed. To, like this game was just such a defeat of things I thought their victory conditions were. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like I thought George Hill was going to have to take at least like fifteen shots. I thought Jairus, I thought the Cavs would have to shoot pretty well from three for their role players. I would have thought their bench had to do okay. I would have thought LeBron would have had to have a hyper efficient game with almost no turnovers. And it's like, no, he turned it over eight times. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it uh, turns George out Hilton. game sevens are just they're a mud fight, and if you can hang around until the end, you can steal it if you have LeBron James. Yeah, I I don't know, man. Um. For for the five hundredth time, I would like to challenge you on your bullshit assertion that you're just kind of that you could possibly be ready for the LeBron era to end. Like on a night like this, don't you just feel silly when you think that? No, I'm. I mean, I feel silly anytime I think about anything. I it's it's more. That's how I I prepare myself mentally for anything. I'm I'm okay with anything because 2016 happened. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, obviously I think we can all cope with it, but like, you're not ready for it. You don't want it. You're oh, not, God, ready no. implies like, no, I, like, I, I want, I want attention to be on the calves and by extension me for as long as humanly possible. That sweet, sweet blog money, baby. <laughs> I got a mortgage now, man. I got, I got to keep this up. Cool homeowner brag. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I just like I. Uh, you think about how few teams get to go to four straight finals, uh, no matter how the result plays, um, and no matter like the manner in which you get to go there, like. And this is so funny because I do remember like last year, like people, some people like assert like that the Warriors fans might not be enjoying like Durant or like that the go going to the finals or winning the final felt like somehow hollow, and it's like. You just don't get it then if you think that. Yeah. Because going to the final is so cool no matter what the circumstance. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm, uh... we've all not gone to the finals most of the time with our – like our our teams almost never get to go. Yeah. Um, like, I'm very much here for drunk Jose Calderon. Dude, like how excited is he right now? You know, like I, this is his first finals appearance, right? Yes, because um, he would have been on the Warriors last year and was on their payroll, <laughs> but they cut him in order to sign whoever the fuck. I don't remember. But the point is, like, he gets to go to his first finals. Jeff Green, who's been in the league forever, gets to go to his first finals. George Hill gets to go to his first finals. Like, that stuff matters 
so much, and it's really fun. It was really fun to see Zizic and Osman just bouncing on, like, standing by the bench as as the clock wound down. Like, it's just cool, man. And, like, if you can't appreciate this as a fan, if, if like, because I do think there's not an insignificant amount of people who are just like, well, they can't beat the Warriors anyway, or or they're going to lose anyway. It's like, you just got to appreciate it. It's so fun. Yep. It's so cool. Um, getting to have the entire basketball world's eyes on you is cool and exciting. And even if the finals don't go how we want them to or they're embarrassing or whatever, um, I would hope that when I inevitably lose my perspective, because you know I'm terrible at holding perspective, that someone just smacks me in the face and tells me to shut up because this has been cool. And if this is the last finals run we get to see with LeBron, if, if he decides to leave, um, I'm glad it happened, man. I'm really, I, it, it's too fun to get to come, ba- come back every year. This, this LeBron run, uh, this postseason has just been absolutely ridiculous. Remember like, in game like four of the Pacers series when we were like, uh oh, feels like 2010. It didn't feel like 2010 the rest of the way. Yeah. <laughs> Like, even when they've lost, it is not, like, and, like, people, the body language experts are out and talking about it. Oh, he doesn't look good. No. He's he's really giving it his all. And maybe it's just knowing he doesn't have that many years left. So, to waste one by just, you know, kicking the can down the road or pouting Mm -hmm. um, would would be a waste of his time. Or whether it says something about his larger commitment to the organization which i don't think it really does uh i just think it says something about lebron's growth as a player and as a you know the way he approaches the game but he has left it all out on the floor and i think that's very commendable uh despite him quitting on a defensive possession or two sorry twitter yeah i I think we're we're more than willing to uh live with some bad defense from time to time uh, in exchange for everything else he brings to the table yeah, uh, always and forever. And, you know, I do think getting to the finals just takes like 5% pressure off of Kobe Altman um, from the perspective of you don't necessarily need to pull a miracle now. Uh, you still should try to. Don't get me wrong. No, they're, but... they're going to take Kevin Durant away from the Warriors because now <laughs> they hate him. Yeah. Uh, like, but a humiliating loss to the Celtic and, and, and I, I'm very comfortable saying this. A loss to Boston would be humiliating. They didn't have their two best players. Yep. And it doesn't make the win feel any less sweet, but a loss would have been humiliating. Yep. And if it was any other city, um, I think it would have been a little easier to stomach if it did go that way. Um, courtesy of our friend. There's too much, you know, too much uh, history with the Celtics. Yeah. Courtesy of uh, Ben Dowsett, final Al Horford per 36 numbers for the series. With Tristan Thompson on the court, 8.7 points, 7.1 rebounds, 3 assists, 33% shooting, and a Celtics negative 6.2 net rating. With Tristan Thompson off court, 25.1 points, 9 boards, 4 assists, 67% shooting, and a plus 23.8 net rating. Turns out that stupid-ass NBA Twitter, he thinks Tristan Thompson sucks, uh, was wrong. 
They were they have always been wrong. They were wrong earlier in the year. They were wrong last year. They were wrong when he signed the contract, and they're gonna keep being wrong. It doesn't and and even if his knee deteriorates and his play deteriorates, we were right about this guy. That's my He's guy. good. And I, I think good. I honestly think there's going to be in all likelihood, just with the amount of the cap that he eats up and stuff like that, like I think there's a likelihood that this is kind of the final run uh for uh, Tristan with this team and they're going to have to find someone more reliable but I mean this is a guy that has given absolutely everything to the Cavs and and played through injuries and, and that's part of why his play fell off and um, yeah I, I mean this is if it is a farewell tour it's it's one hell of a farewell tour because uh, one thing that he's always done is played as hard as possible yeah um, and been there for his children <laughs> if not his wives and girlfriends. Am I right, fellas? <laughs> oh, boy. We love you, Tristan. Even if uh, you're not super dependable once that uh, third trimester hits. Um. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's uh, that kind of just took some window on the sale of this podcast. Is that what we're going to wrap this up on? Uh, oh, I'm Tristan thrilled Tom- to end it on Tristan Thompson cheating on his baby mama slander. <laughs> <laughs> ca- All right, so the Cavs are going to their fourth straight finals. Tristan Thompson has cheated on his second consecutive baby mama. Um, he needs to do it every year from this point on if they win the title. <laughs> hey, I, I mean, the trend is still there. The The last time he did, they won a championship, and, and Steph Take Curry was data. banged up. And uh, LeBron, once again, in uh, Game 7, and as he showed in Game 6, you can be clutch with a sore leg. Um, So on that note, for myself and Carter, uh, we are excited to go to the NBA Finals. Thank you to all our listeners for your support. Remember, subscribe, leave ratings, reviews, tell your friends about the podcast, email us questions, feedback, and all that good stuff at chasedownpod at gmail.com. Uh, we will be back with some finals analysis. I'm sure we're going to talk to Sam and Andy, and I apologize in advance. So uh, we'll talk to you guys wow, later. Pretty, pretty presumptuous, Justin. We'll see how Tuesday night goes, or Monday night goes. Yeah, good point. I forgot that that was even a possibility for a second there. All right, go Houston, go Cavs, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. In the beat.